0: Good evening, fellow Mandos, scoundrels, and rebel scum. You're listening to episode 8 of our new standalone series called Mando Moments, a podcast where we discuss the latest in Star Wars news and break down the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Support so a cold glass of blue milk, grab your blasters, and strap Grogu into the razor crust and punch it as we bring in the next bounty of content, hot or cold. Right, welcome back to our last episode of Mando Moments and Derek, welcome back for the final episode. For
1: the final episode of Mando Moments, I am happy to be here, my dude.
0: Same here. Although it's getting late and we had some issues in the Discord with connectivity.
1: Is it a podcast if there's not audio issues?
0: It's I'm just saying you can blame you can blame Rona and just long distance in general. <laughs> True. You can't really blame that. Rona because you live far away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. But no, it's good to be back, dude. Yeah, it is good to be back. I was trying to bring up Internet Movie Database at the same time, waiting for you to continue to chat, but then you oh. stopped. and like, crap, I gotta stop typing. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I'm I've already
1: been on IMDb for like the last hour. <laughs> well well then
0: um i'll i'll tell you this news story and you can talk and then i can bring it up (laughs) okay (laughs) so uh in the news sadly um as you know in the mandalorian we're getting uh the return of the boba fett character we did hear about the passing of jeremy bullock the guy who played the original boba fett the guy underneath the armor yeah uh,
1: the the episode actually aired the day after he passed um, Which is especially yeah. sad Because it's like This is in my opinion When Boba Fett really comes into his own For reasons we will talk about But it's just one of those yeah. like I don't, I don't uh, did, the, did the news article state how he passed Was it Rona Was it just age Was it whatever it takes everybody else
0: I feel like it's age If it was Rona it probably would have been on the headline You know what
1: you're not wrong about that. I gotta be honest. You're you're not wrong.
0: I'm, I mean, they would totally use that. Um, but I could be wrong.
1: But it was really interesting, and it was really sad um, to read that. I was like, yeah. man, that that sucks. Um, you know, the first and foremost, like, in to be honest, most people probably would not know he's the original voice of Boba Fett because in yeah. all the special editions. Uh, the gentleman who plays the current Boba Fett uh, dubbed over all of his lines. Because they're like, well, let's just make it all equal. And it's like, man, can you imagine? You have like three lines in Star Wars and no one will ever hear your voice in Star Wars again because finding the original copies is so difficult.
0: Well, it's like the David Prowse. He's, uh, he passed away sadly recently as well. And, uh, you know, he spoke through the mask, but then, you know, was ultimately uh, replaced by uh, um, James Earl Jones. Yeah. So, but, you know, sometimes that's, that's the way it is. Even the Mandalorian, it's not always uh, Pedro Pascal underneath that armor. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> what? Spoiler alert. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen but yeah. Pedro Pascal on this show at all.
0: No, Never. I don't think I've seen him either. Never heard of that guy. <laughs> Must have died in a firefight.
1: Must have. Um, but no, like this was a really good episode. Um it was directed by Peyton Reed, who I actually had to go look up. And apparently he, he's yeah. done Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp and is doing the next Ant Man. And I'm like, oh, okay. But like I went through his like his IMDB database and I was like The rest of these movies I don't really recognize. It was just like... In in my opinion... So, if if I'm not listing your favorite movie, I'm sorry. But it was like... Nothing, 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 nothing. Ant-Man. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Nothing, nothing. Mandalorian. Nothing, nothing. Ant-Man and the Wasp. The Quantum (laughs) Realm or whatever. And I was like... Oh, okay. So... He's one of those... uh, you could probably say the same about Taika, that it's like, most people would go, nothing, 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 oh, Thor, or, or what we do in Shadows, which is a primo movie. Um, yeah. they're like, hey, you're good at your job, you want to do a Star Wars movie? <laughs> right. Well, I was watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for season one, um, the first episode um, yeah. was about the directors, and Taika was talking about, no one wanted to work with us, so we just made all of our own props. We we just found all the yeah. scraps. We just got a camera and just went shooting. And the entire time, I was sitting there thinking, and I was like, gosh, this reminds me so much of Yumi and Doug. Just like, hey, do you want to go to a yeah. junkyard and film? Yeah, it's cold as all get out, and yeah, it's been raining, and it will be a muddy mess.
0: Um, let's yeah. go filming. <laughs> yeah. Um... And it, For those of you who haven't, like, definitely go watch the making series of uh, season mm-hmm. one, because I think the making of season two airs on Christmas Day. It does. So be caught up, because it is amazing to see the passion and the love that these directors and writers put into this is phenomenal. They take it real seriously. Oh, agreed.
1: Um, so much. I mean, yeah. so many of them have strong connections with Star Wars, mm-hmm. like Dave Filoni. Um, and in the first episode, Bryce Dallas Howard was talking about how her dad had a meeting with George Lucas and Kurosawa. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, can you imagine? And like, she like, was just what? a child. And I'm just like, can yeah. you imagine the trajectory that sets you on? I, I, I don't yeah. know. It was really cool.
0: Um, another thing... To-, to be even alive when... When the great Kurosawa was alive.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, And, and, you know, before we jump into it, like, also, this episode was rated 9.9. I think it's the highest rated
0: episode of The Mandalorian, right? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, like, I think some site, I forget what site it was, like, rated it as, like, a masterpiece. And I'm like, whoa, I don't see that much content. Like, get that rating. Right. Uh, I did
1: have I, I did at the at the later end of the episode, I do have like a, a whole diatribe to go on. So uh you'll have to bear you'll have to be patient with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is chapter sixteen, the rescue. Of course it's a rescue mission. But uh well, I will say about Peyton Reed, mm-hmm. like he, this is his second episode he's actually directed uh for this season. Okay. And he had directed the, the one with the, the, the ice ice spider creature if you remember that. Yeah, the episode
1: episode where Grogu eats the eggs.
0: Yeah, that was probably our least favorite episode out of the entire season. Yeah, agreed. And so when I heard Peyton Reed was like closing this whole thing off, I was like, "Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. And I feel like this uh, should be Jon Favreau or uh, Dave Filoni one, you know. But, you know, he he nailed it out of the park. Oh my god, yeah. It and I would say like if people are looking back at our prediction episode and watching that <laughs> one, I'd say we got some things right. I got a, we got some things I wrong. I got a lot of things right. They did some things honest. that we they did some things that we predicted but differently. Uh, um, I I predicted wholeheartedly that the Ma- the
1: Mandalorians would be there. I was wrong on when they joined, but I was in fact correct that they were a diversion. I go back and listen to the tape. I said, "They will be a diversion, so he can go get the baby, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the one who who, who sits back and you know plays with my um suspenders." But uh, I believe I was correct on that one.
0: Pat yourself on the back. I'm
1: gonna break my arm patting myself on the back. All right.
0: Yeah, there there were some things like I I'd wish Ahsoka was a part of this gang, you know um so the, that was the only person i wish was a part of it
1: okay i can agree um there was a moment in this episode and we'll talk about it later that i think is better than the avengers so i i think we
0: should start talking about the episode so i can get to that point all right let's rush to the end so yeah basically uh they just jump right into it they don't mess around Mm-mm. i mean it starts with them ransacking a, a Imperial shuttle, stealing that for information. They they got the doctor hostage on trying to find where Moff Gideon's ship is. And then once they get that information, then they go to a bar, and then they're like, hey, Bo-Katan, you want that Darksaber? I can help you if you help me. And then they're like, all right, let's go kick ass. Something
1: that I liked is that they directly said that the scientist on board the Lambda-class shuttle, was a clone scientist from Kamino. Yeah. Like, they yeah. directly called that out. I mean, granted, it's been speculated since, I think, episode two of season one, because someone noticed a uh, Kaminoan patch on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah. really cool that they're like, you're wanted by the Republic. And it was like,
0: oh, or no, so it's like, oh, so what's the, what's the Republic doing? And I love these prequel tidbits because I will say that there is this, this I don't know what the percentage is of. There is this base of people who like Mandalorian as much as us, but they're saying like they're using because it's so good. They're using it as like a a, a stepping stone to be like, oh, they're making this in response to the sequels not being as good, and they're just trying to repair everything, and I'm just like. Or, or like, what George Lucas did, and I'm like, well, if you're paying attention, there's a lot of prequel references, and there's a lot of sequel trilogy references. <laughs> um, if that was the case, there would be no mention of them. Right. Something that... I mean, ha- like, more than half the cast that's going in there to kick ass is prequel characters. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, and Grogu counts as a prequel character.
1: I, uh, you know what? I guess technically, yeah. Um, something that I found interesting, uh, going back to the scientist conversation, is the fact that he yeah. mentions he was on the Death Star, which I love that Cara Dune, Gina Carano, lovely yes. as always, says, yes which one? But then I noticed something yes. else that I was reading up on it, and I was like, oh my god, this is, I never thought about it. I always mm-hmm. thought it was, like, jewelry on her face. It's a tattoo. It's a teardrop. Yeah, it's a
0: tattoo of rebel. No, it, 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 rebel rebel a
1: rebel. No, it's not a rebel tattoo. Because they talked about covering up rebel tattoos in a previous episode, and the only one yeah. she covered up was her shock trooper tattoo on her arm. She left the one on her face intact. I found out what that tattoo mm-hmm. means. She's a survivor of but, Alderaan, and how many fools she's capped. Um... <laughs> Ooh. No, it's it it's a teardrop tattoo for being a survivor of Alderon. The scientist actually Night. calls it out in the transport. he goes, "You survived Alderon. So by looking at her, he knew exactly what who she was as a whole, a survivor of Alderon, which to me was really cool because I thought it was just cool body jewelry that this character had, and I never put it together. That it was a teardrop for Alderaan,
0: and as soon as
1: I read that this evening, I was like,
0: "Oh my god!" But isn't that teardrop the symbol of the the rebel symbol, the phoenix?
1: (laughs) No, the phoenix tet the the phoenix phoenix with the I think it's like a phoenix with like a sword through the middle is actually was a house sigil um, that helped really sponsor the rebellion. Um, But hers is a legitimate teardrop um and not a not a rebel tattoo at all
0: actually i found the picture and zoomed in it is a rebel is symbol. okay yep it is um it might be part maybe it's in reference of like a teardrop
1: well i i, I know that it well maybe but it also could be like that is the symbol for the destruction of Alderon, because they they yeah. thought it wasn't a rebel it was a hive of rebel basically either way i, I kind of like the symbolism of it being a teardrop for Alderon. Yeah. um it was like
0: a- yeah, it is a rebel symbol. Even even like the Funko Pop has it on there. Well, I don't have the Funko Pop. <laughs> well, I don't I don't either. I'm just googling that.
1: <laughs> no, um, but I love that. Um, so we can move on. That was just my. I looked. I did homework. I'm just flexing. I'm trying to pat myself
0: on the back no. again. <laughs> I think though to add to the whole cloning thing, what would have been? I know it was speculated, but uh, it would have been. Uh, it would have been a nice touch. Um if his ship was hovering above or like on the atmosphere of Camino,
1: that would be cool. It
0: would have been, it would have been cool visually and would have shown like, cause like, you know, he even said I've already, I've already extracted what I want from the child. I already got its blood sample. So I'm like, if it was already like there at Camino, like that would have been fantastic. It would have been cool, but would have been a, uh, a touch on the nose, to be honest. Um, I mean that's but like in Clone Wars the series, I don't, like that's that's the place you go. True. True enough, I guess.
1: I don't know. I kinda like it just being in space, kind of like yeah, you know, he's kind of just nowhere
0: in particular, yeah. so
1: you running into him
0: might be kinda difficult. But that's me trying to nitpick on something that's still fantastic. What do you think this is?
1: A Star Wars podcast? Mm, wait a minute, it is <laughs> Dang.
0: Yeah. Dang. So uh yeah, the uh, I, I do like the distraction where they take the shuttle and Boba Fett's in the Slave One, and he's pretending like he's shooting them. Mm. And then I, I will, let's talk about Moff Gideon's ship, how it shoots out like the Tie Fighters. We see how like we see how they function. What? We got I, we we got the, in the sequel trilogy, which is cool, but kind of like to see the old school Tie Fighters and how that functions and that kind of ship how it, like shoots out. Fantastic.
1: So trivia that I know you've read, but probably don't connect to it as much as I do. The launch tubes yeah. are nearly identical for the original Battlestar Galactica's Vipers, which...
0: Yeah, I was going to say uh, Battlestar Galactica, that's what it reminded me of, like the old well, ones.
1: So much of this episode is very much like Battlestar Galactica, because there is yeah. metal robots that I looked at him and I was like, that almost looks like a Cylon um, from either the original or the remake, which... For like those who Cylon meets Darth Vader. Right. Which, for those who are playing at home, Katie Sackhoff was actually in the remake of Battlestar Galactica. So yep. I am all about Battlestar Galactica and Katie Sackhoff. So I seen that launch tube and I was like, that's dope. Because, I, like you said, I love the way that it shows that they launch forward. And I believe it was Clone yeah. Wars they took off kind of from the middle of the ship or the sides of the ship. Um, Mm -hmm. But this one, it was like, no, it it funnels them right down the middle, right down the front. It looks like the ship just shoots them out. Right, which, I mean, I guess from a tactical standpoint, it definitely makes sense because you can go all guns forward and protect your smaller ships from suppressing Mm -hmm. fire while giving your own suppressing fire. However, there is one whole drawback That they actually do touchback. That's all right. I looped it around. They actually block the only launch tube. So it kind of makes you go, what were you going to do should that launch tube become blocked as it was? Well, there's not much you can do other than go, you need
0: to move your ship. (laughs) Yeah. Which which is kind of good because they do hint at it is a lot smaller of a Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's not even a large crew on it. It's more like just a small, like, you know. It'd be like in the Navy. You know, you've got your giant warships and then you got your little side support ships. Yeah.
1: Um, I think it was considered, like, a light cruiser. Um, which yeah. I, I like the idea. He doesn't... He, he's doing some shady business. He doesn't need a Venator-class yeah. Star Destroyer or anything like that. He... He's just zipping around from planet to planet,
0: being a general, yeah. just terrible person. So, and I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, Gideon's Star Destroyer was totally a model. I'm okay with that. I like, didn't notice it, but I'm okay. There with it. was there was a scene. I'll I'll try to like find it, screen grab it, and send it to you. But um, even the lighting on the model, like they gave it like that like bright hue around it, like just like the old film. Good. And I was like. That's a freaking model.
1: I'm down for when they do stuff like that. It's Honestly, it's for people like us that get excited about, oh my god, they did a seismic charge, or oh my god, that's a yeah. model. People who and, and are it, not as into Star Wars, or maybe not into the making of films yeah. or model making, would probably go, eh, they probably didn't need to do that.
0: But it's for us. You know, I'll talk about some. Other, I'll talk about some other things. But they like they do a great job of blending in this new state of the art technology, where they don't use blue screens or green screens. Mm-hmm. Yet they introduce like still the old ways of doing things, like with the models, the animatronics. It's just a good blend of everything that kind of adds to the authenticity of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm done um, for. it. Yeah. So basically, they they storm the bridge, Bo-Katan and you know. Carado and they just gunfight after gunfight. Oh, Cardoon and um Fennec. Can't forget Fennec. Uh, it's Cardoon, Fennec,
1: um, Bo Katan, and Mercedes Varana uh, I'm sorry, not Mercedes Yeah, Vernado. And somebody
0: mentioned one of the one of the dudes out of the group was missing. Yeah. And apparently like the actor had kind of hinted that there was a reason why he, his character wasn't there, and we might see why later. So so, I'm okay with this. That
1: might be in next season. Um, I have two points on this one. Um, one of the... Mm-hmm. I love the teamwork combat style that was used by the Mandalorians. Oh. Um, Bo-Katan yeah. totally uses like the uh, her little zip line, her little whiplash, and grabs yeah. a dude and pulls him. And then mm-hmm. mercedes Ver- uh, Vernado's character actually does a flying knee strike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really cool is actually that actress surprise is actually in wwe as sasha banks so we have two wrestlers mma and wrestling on the show the second and one who does and one who does kung fu right and 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 the uh, the other part that i really enjoyed is i was sitting there watching it and said something to my wife and she said i was about to say the same thing this was a stronger female team up than in the avengers. In the avengers it was like oh, I where did they all where did all the all the female cast come from? And we are not getting into whether or not you think that's a great idea. I actually love the idea, but it is a little forced in there. However, Mandalorian, it wasn't until halfway through this sequence I was like, "Huh. This is the all the ladies are doing awesome and truly badass stuff." And it was not yeah. it did not feel ham-fisted in any way. It didn't feel forced. And I was like, God, I love it. And and Doug said something to us, uh, without really any context of like, and when people complain about Marvel and Star Wars not knowing how to write powerful female characters. And
0: I agree I'm like, dude, like these characters are amazing. They are Powerful. Um, it's like, let me introduce you to a guy named Dave Filoni, who's been writing fantastic female characters for a long time. It's just nobody noticed. He,
1: he wrote Katara. He wrote yeah, uh, Katara. Azula, Toph. Then he wrote Ahsoka, uh, Padme, Shakti. Um, I mean, God, just name like 50 characters from Clone Wars. Duchess Satine, thank you. Bo-Katan yeah. like he has made all of these characters, and then you bring in, you know, the the second iteration of Bo-Katan with Katie Sackhoff Gina Carano as Cara Dune. You've got all of these powerful female characters, and they are doing awesome stuff, and it's, I, and they are they they do not feel in any way sort of like ancillary characters or just like bystander a in the background they are leading characters even characters who've only been here for two episodes such as mercedes vernado's character i don't know the character's name off the top of my head yeah. um but there's something powerful about that that my wife even noticed and was like i was about to say the same thing it is
0: an all female led action sequence which was funny because I was watching this episode with both my mom and my sister. Mm -hmm. My mom is like the OG original trilogy, like fan. Right. Mm -hmm. And then who thought she wasn't a big fan of the prequels, but she's kind of coming around now that like the gaps are getting filled to where she's like, Oh, so she's like, OG, So she likes the old original trilogy and then she likes the sequel trilogy, but she was not a fan of the prequels. But now the gaps are getting filled and she's like, Oh. So to watch it with, you know, the two women that are the closest in my life right now, my mom and my sister, and to see that they were like, yes, and I was just like, oh, when they come storming out of that shuttle of guns are blazing, it was like a straight up war movie. And it was brutal, too. Yeah. They weren't like it wasn't it wasn't like like the old movies where they just like kind of like shoot randomly and then happen to hit a stormtrooper. Like their shots and moves were calculated. Oh, percent. Like, percent like and they would like kick or punch or you know do the jetpack boost thing, and then they'd kick them. But it wouldn't be like a kick and then keep walking. It'd be like they'd kick them and then shoot them to make sure that they were dead and stayed dead. Right,
1: I, I loved it. Like honestly, this was the best action sequence for Star Wars. And
0: we say that we say that in each episode. Well, I-
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on this one. I think it's the best action sequence in a Star Wars film since Revenge of the Sith maybe um because it felt powerful and meaningful like they were on a path and it was not just like a don't forget the phantom menace well i'm saying since revenge of the sith so like clone wars had some cool stuff and so did phantom menace but honestly there's something and this will go into my diatribe later um, but there's just something that was missing for me in the other, the, the, the sequel series. Yeah. Um, but man, honestly, I, I know we've joked about it, but man, Dave Filoni and John Favreau, their back yeah. has to hurt from carrying the series so hard. And, well, I want to say, you can't just say Dave Filoni and John Favreau. There is a yeah. army of writers and directors oh, yeah. and everything. Their back has to hurt. Yeah. Right down. What is it, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard well,
0: and Taika I think why the, I think why the action of fighting is more intense in this than in say the sequel trilogy is because the sequel trilogy is a bunch of young people who have or who are powerful but like are uncontrolled and unrefined. Mm-hmm. Versus this is like we got, we got bounty hunters and assassins like in their freaking prime kicking ass. And somebody
1: says something
0: about that later in the episode, which I have a comment on. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, we basically, wink, wink, we get, we see people in their prime. Um, And, oh, I forgot to mention, I I love the the conversation between Boba Fett and Bo-Katan. Because I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, eventually they're going to have to meet if they're going to team up. And this is going to be awkward. Because they have met in the (laughs) Clone (laughs) Wars. Whoops. And sure enough. I like how, like, Bo-Katan's like, you're a disgrace in that armor. He's, and he's like, my father gave me this armor. And he goes, what, your donor? Right. <laughs> and then, like, the fight breaks out, and I'm like, oh, my God. It, but I like, I like how cool Boba Fett is. He's, like, sly with words, and he's just like, whatever. Well, did
1: you notice something else? Because I definitely did about that bar sequence. As soon as what? the Mandalorian and Boba Fett enter, everyone else just gets up and leaves. They're like, you know what? There are already two Mandalorians here and two more are walking in
0: and they are not with the same group. I think it's about time for me to head out. <laughs> Which yeah, is... that's like the classic Western scene where like, oh, there's a bunch of important people in armor and weapons. We should probably get out of here. It ain't going to go well. <laughs> I think I have a
1: a meeting at the pudding store.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, But I just want to point back to that. So going back to the Star Destroyer bridge. So, you know, they're breaking in. And basically what they're, uh, they're going to try to do is set up a distraction so Mando can go and shut down the, uh, the, uh, oh, shoot. The Pull Dark Troopers? The Dark Troopers. So that way he can, uh, get Grogu. And whew, let's talk about that sequence, man. Holy moly. It was like brutal. That was more intense than I thought it was going to be. It
1: was, so, it was more violent, but it was not graphic. Which I love. No, it wasn't. It was it was brutal. It was brutal. Um But I, I love the fact so for those who don't know, like he tried to seal away uh the Dark Troopers and then flush them out of space. But one of them managed to wrench open the door and started yeah. beating up on uh Din. And man Just Oh just my gosh. First and foremost, when the spear went flying I'm like, oh, that's gonna be coming into play. They reminded us that he has the spear again. Um, yep. turns out he did, but man, he, the, the, the dark trooper just kept pounding into Dan, just like
0: kept bashing his face into the wall. And i love the, f- and the music that was pl- the musical that was playing and with the sound, uh, it was like, Oh my gosh, this is actually kind of terrifying for Star Wars. I, I want that soundtrack. I gotta be honest. Like that was,
1: I called that yeah. out too. I was like, God, this music is so good. It's it's it, dark it, and it's it, scary, but it's it, not scary. I'll
0: tell you what, the Dark Troopers reminded me, like, how they filmed it. And I'm pretty sure this is a t- intentional. Star Wars likes to, uh, to, uh, the you Terminator. Know, play back to movies that we remember in our subconscious. Oh, yeah. And to me, it reminded me of, like, the first time when I, like, watched Terminator.
1: I, I, I you I, know. The, uh, the T-2000?
0: The Liquid, gu- yeah. the Liquid Terminator? Yeah. Just how terrifying it was. How like it would move very uh, animatronic-ish. Which I do love how they did the movements for the uh, dark troopers because they made a move like where you thought they were animated. You know, like move a little bit, take a picture, move another, take another picture. Like it had that movement, that janky movement. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like a battle droid and a battle scar star galactic. Um, what you called those Cylons. Cylons. Yeah, and then the Darth Vader armor had a child and that's what it was. <laughs> oh, uh, it was terrifying.
1: 100% agree. And you would ask me about And
0: what it made it more terrifying is when uh Mando like used his like flamethrower and it just like went through everything and it just like made him look like he was like this fiery ring wraith of death and it did absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right? And the sound design with it was just terrifying. That was actually the one moment I was like okay, uh, maybe maybe uh, Mando might come out of this really badly beat up more so than I thought. <laughs> well, you had asked
1: me about them being made of Beskar. Um, they mm-hmm. aren't. Um, well, they might not be, I should say. I know in, in Legends, so this is no longer canon, yeah. but it is the only material in which we have to kind of get an idea about it. They're actually made of uh, no. frick, which is a lightsaber-resistant material, However, Mm -hmm. um, it does not appear that they have a significant resistance to anything like Beskar Spears through joints and through their, like, neck uh, actuators, um, which is definitely how Din took them down. So they are not Beskar, but they are something else that, in Legends at least, in Legends, they were made of something that was lightsaber resistant because they were mostly, and besides... Light, uh, besides lightsabers and Jedi as a whole, no one at the time really stood up to the Empire without blasters. Yeah, and I got to be honest, if you're lightsaber resistant, you're
0: dollars to donuts. You're probably resistant to blaster fire. Just saying. Um, well, that's 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 why I was really confused because I was like, I was under the impression it was Beskar, and that's why it's a big deal because those things were resisting literally everything, and the only way he could kill it was either shoot or stab it in you know in the gears or you know in the parts where the armor is not covered but then I'm thinking well lightsabers okay that I'm confused so maybe I missed something maybe our audience members can correct me but I thought it was Beskar and I thought Beskar can deflect lightsabers because we did see that with the spear um so
1: I don't think they're made of Beskar because Beskar is pretty rare and the, how the, mm-hmm. I, I would hesitate to say that they have a ton of Beskar just laying around to make these troopers. Um, yeah. but that's not to say they're not made out of Beskar. I don't think this, I don't think there is canon material about the dark troopers outside of the Mandalorian and they didn't exactly give a full
0: spec rundown. Cause it, yeah, I kind of wish they would describe, cause th- you know, the show not tell, but when I was seeing it, I was like, okay, this, because it's deflecting bolts, I was under the impression that it was Beskar.
1: Yeah. Um, my my bet it was just like, something else. Some other yeah. metal? Frick. Um, <laughs> let's go with that. It's the best we got. We'll go with that. One. Um, I don't know. It was really brutal and really awesome at the same time. Like, I love that. Like you said, I love the fact that the flame and even the uh, singing birds, the whistling birds. Um, did yes. absolutely nothing to them.
0: Um, uh, the Singing Birds usually is like the last resort gets Mando out of every situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when those did nothing, I was like, oh, crap. But
1: that being said, I think there is a certain level of plot armor to them yeah. um, for reasons we will talk about like in probably the next 10 minutes um so i I don't know it was really good i love that fight it was powerful but at the same time we're having the caradun bo-katan oh that fight at the same time i gotta be honest i kind of preferred the caradun bo-katan running through the ship fight as opposed to the dark trooper fight
0: because for the most part it was a good balance of being going back and forth because you're terrified because both are trying to race to a certain point fast true because, like, you know, Mando's trying to stop these Dark Troopers so that way they can storm the bridge. <laughs> right. And they're trying to quickly storm the bridge so they can shut down whatever. And I do I do like how this shows, the show in general has done this that I haven't seen in other Star Wars films. It's like, and we saw this from the Battlefield games, like, if you overshoot your blaster too much, it overheats. Yeah. And then it gets jammed, and then it needs time to, like, recharge and cool before you can fire it again. Well, you just hit it on the floor. And it, and I I love how Cara Dune's just like guns are blazing, almost like Inglorious Bastards type, where they run through the halls, just mowing people down. And then it like overheats and sizzles, and she's like, "Oh, it's jammed." And so then she just uses it like a baseball bat, just bashing stormtroopers. It, I,
1: I, I, love it, it. I I agree. It shows very much like how she was a shock a rebel shock trooper. So it's like if your yeah. gun goes down in the middle of a campaign, you don't just go. Well, I'm going to go head back to the ship. You get, you start doing what you can to live. So I really liked that part. And, so,
0: and I like what, what they did was shocking and I did not expect it is. So after that, they go in the elevator, she fixes the gun and then it, the elevator takes them to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to go to the bridge, hold their guns up, and like, all right, everybody drop your guns and then kind of like take hostage. Nope. Like no questions asked. They literally just mow everyone down on the bridge. Yeah
1: excluding I was excluding like, Moff Gideon
0: well Moff Gideon at that point wasn't dun, that dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> thank you for, thank but you uh, for playing into that joke you didn't know you were doing yeah, that, but you did it perfectly
0: I stepped tripped right into it it's true um but I just find that like just awesome how they just kind of stormed in and just no questions asked no like conversation just everybody down I'm like all right we got we got control of the bridge <laughs> right and uh so and then we we go back to uh mando you know he's defeated his one um dark trooper and then he goes to where Grogu's is being held captive and dun 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 as you know moff gideon is there with the dark saber threatening to kill him
1: right it was it was one of those moments where you're like oh man this guy's is- evil. He might be worse than everybody. Um, But I love the conversation that was happening of like Mando flat out said I don't care about the dark saber. I just want the child. You could have the dark saber. And I was watching something talking about why the dark saber was so important and he goes on to say like it's about it's a symbol of power and it was used as the symbol of um, the leader of Mandalore.
0: Um, yeah. which... Whoever wielded it and won it in battle is the leader so, of Man. So,
1: uh, it, it, some people have pointed out that that's not how it happened in Clone Wars, which is also canon. Um, Ahsoka just gave Bo-Katan the sword. Well, some people have speculated that because Moff Gideon actually beat her in battle and he took the sword so it wasn't so much as it has to be that way but it was so much as she needed to beat the person who has it so basically it would be yeah. like if you're the if you're the king and somebody up and comes in just absolutely just destroys you and takes your you know your 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 ring or something you now have a personal vested interest to go i'm going to beat up that guy and then when he just gave it to Man, uh, to Mando, Din, she was like, well, I have to take it back, and I just can't go, here you go, because it was already seen as she was handed the uh, reins of leadership once, and she lost them. If she's handed them again, that's like mm-hmm. getting your daddy to pay for your college, and you just walking on going, I have no debt— I have this. My daddy paid my way into college and you end up being the seeker on Slytherin footage team.
0: Yeah. But I, I, I want to point out that we all knew when, when uh, Mando was given the best car spear, we're like, all right, we know that's going to go against the dark saber. And sure enough, it did. And man, was that a freaking awesome fight. I love some of the background details.
1: Like when he is in a in a sword lock with the spear, you can see, and they're like pushing backwards. You can see the sword cutting into the walls with no effort.
0: Yeah, it almost like with the sparks and the going in through the wall. It reminded me of uh, Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi Wan are fighting through the tight corridor, and their lightsabers were just like cutting through like, the walls and everything, and the ceiling, like, butter and sparks were, like, raining down on them. That's what it reminded yeah. me of. There's there's so many callouts, things like that,
1: that no one, unless you're running a Star Wars podcast, would absolutely know or really yeah. care of, like, oh my gosh, the Darksaber is destroying a path in the wall. Uh, but if, if you're yeah. a super nerd like we are, uh, we notice that sort of thing. And it, it makes the world feel more alive. Which kind yeah. of helps you go, yeah, I kind of forget that this is set in space. I kind of forget that there are aliens. When you see the, the repercussions of actions that would normally happen, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's like a a, a lightsaber battle without having a lightsaber battle. Oh, 100%. <sighs> like, they pulled the same moves. Like, it was literally a lightsaber battle, but they weren't using lightsabers. It in which is freaking oh, awesome. it's amazing! I love that idea, um, and the fact that Den can fight that well with the spear and all that heavy armor, and and he looked very like he looked kind of graceful wielding that spear around. <laughs> he was in control. Um, yeah, he was in control. He was like, he's like, come on, dude, you're an imperial. I'm gonna mess you up. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I just you you threatened my boy. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, you threatened my boy. Um, which was and uh, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so then, of course, you know, Den beats beats him. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. And the reason why, like, I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for Bo wanting, or not Bo, but um, Cara Dune wanting him alive. Because Cara Dune wants him alive so they can, you know, arrest him and turn him into the, the New Republic. But I'm pretty sure if that wasn't part of the rule for Cara joining, I guarantee you Mando would have shoved that spear right into him right then and there. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> so. Um... So you knew it was killing him. It's... So he put the shackles on him and dragged his ass back up under the star bridge.
1: And I love it. and And just the look of, like, oh. And then just the, the look of seething anger on Kobokatan's katans face of, like, oh, my God. I almost had the Darksaber, like, and now I don't.
0: Yeah. Uh, almost. Because, you know, I love it. Like... <laughs> den's like dragging him in cuffs onto the bridge and he's got like the spear on his back he's got the the dark saber in his hand just looking all ba like i just want to battle and here's my spoils right uh, and of course and, and but of i love how Broca. like yeah and i love how moff getting was very like manipulative almost joker like kind of like picking once again on the fundamentalist beliefs of these extreme, you know, these extreme things extreme thing that they hold on, going this is why you can't do this, because these are the extreme beliefs you hold on. Mando had his, he broke it, but then it's more of like, now it's like, is Bo gonna break it? Um... Because Mando's, because Mando was kind of like here, break your rule, here's your freaking say I don't want it. It,
1: it reminded me of something else, and it probably, you probably don't know this reference, maybe um, it reminded me of, there's a sequence in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood Where Envy, is, uh, who is a homunculus, is shown their true form, which is like this little slug thing. And that's Mm. when Envy is at their most weak. And she ends up just trying to get everyone to fight amongst each other. So she starts going, hey, did you know that Scar killed Winry's parents? And man, what about this Hawkeye? She's so arrogant. She's claiming Mm -hmm. that she has the eyes of a hawk. And Moff Gideon is doing the exact same thing of, like, man, man he now has the Darksaber. It would be a shame if you got into a fight. And it actually ends nearly the same way. Um, so yeah. there's a lot of talking. And then someone shows up
0: and starts whipping wholesale ass. And well, hey, Moff's, I think his goal is to try to get them to fight then and there. Oh, yeah. So he can look for an, a quick opportunity to escape because you know he saw a blaster on the ground from a dead officer and he kind of like threw his cape over it to kind of hide the fact that he was going to grab it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, here it goes—a good old classic western standoff here. What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, I there thinking. I was like, wait a second, those dark troopers—they can fly. As soon as I was thinking that, right? Because he, because Gideon seemed pretty confident when he was surrounded by a ton of people with weapons about ready to kill him. He's like, I'm going to be. And here. when the dark troopers came in. That was a nerve-wracking moment. Oh, it was
1: like, definitely a moment. And again, much like the Cylons, much like Terminators, they are just relentlessly
0: pounding on the door. Um, which yeah. had more. And you're literally like, "There's no way that they can get out of this." you know, you know they are, but you're kind of like, "But how?" Well, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation. Well,
1: let me tell you. <laughs> And then you got the good old classic
0: X-Wing X-Wing that flies in And and The force music plays Grogu's ears perk up He puts his hand on the monitor And then at that point I was like Son of a gun, they did it They're freaking doing it And a lightsaber lights
1: up So I want to go back So the lightsaber yeah. lights up And Moff Gideon all of a sudden has this look of Oh my god I have severely yeah. messed up. I'm going to die. and he, Yeah, Gideon goes from happy to, oh,
0: crap,
1: I know who that and, is. And he actually does try to turn that blaster on himself. So, going back yeah. to my comparison to Full Metal Alchemist, when Envy realizes that it's not working, turning, turning them against each other is not going to work, Envy actually does succeed in killing themselves they pull out their phosphor stone core and crush it and they wither away into nothingness which is exactly what in in a way happens to moff gideon he tries to end it on his terms and they deny him that so it was really kind of it it made me think of that and i was like man that is some good storytelling of i'm gonna try to turn you against your friends who you were already on a very eggshell relationship with, and this is only yeah. going to solidify that relationship.
0: Well not only that, but him going, you know what, if nobody can have it, I if, if nobody can have it or if I can have it, I can't have, I it, can yeah. have it, nobody can. And so then like he first before he puts the gun on himself, he like points it to Grogu and just opens fire. No hesitation. No like fancy like last minute words. He's just like bum blah. And of course, you know, Mando jumps in the front, takes the hit with his Beskar. But then once that didn't work, he just shoved the, you know, the, the barrel up against his chin. And then I love how Cara just just, him out. Just, just knocks him out of their gun. Like, nope, uh, we're going out on my terms, buddy. <laughs> right. Um, so, clearly, a
1: Jedi is now on board. With a green lightsaber. And is destroying all sorts of dark trooper robotic ass
0: (laughs) almost in the same vein as the last time we saw jedi in their prime obi-wan and qui-gon in a corridor just cutting down battle droids like there's a better
1: uh comparison it's from rogue one what's that when darth vader turns on his lightsaber in the hallway and starts using oh my god when that green lightsaber lit up amongst the smoke and looks like sparks are flying Things are getting pulled and pushed and crushed. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly like Rogue One, except instead of an intimidating man robot with a red lightsaber, it's a mysterious hooded figure with one glove. So
0: it was Michael Jackson. It's. (laughs) It was the inverse of Rogue One. One was like a terrifying moment of dread of we are not going to make it out of here alive. We smokes. to one of hope. Agree. Um, and I think at the point when he's mowing things down, we pretty much know who okay. it is. It's all Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you, kind of situation. And I think didn't we all kind of like predict that that was going to happen at some we point? We did. Um. And honestly, I kind of figured that in season one, as soon as the kid looked like Yoda, (laughs) as soon as he had Force powers, I'm like, this is going to be the tale of getting him to uh, to Luke. Let's not
1: talk (laughs) about the future of Grogu, but
0: yeah. Well, we eventually will. So Luke mows down and comes out, you know, he comes out and then he pulls back his hood and then he's like, hey, what's up? Um,. Which is weird, like, they didn't really have much conversation as I'd hoped, but maybe that's because the CGI, they can only do so much in a short amount of time. It was definitely in the Uncanny Valley. It was. It took me out a little bit, but then I was just so overjoyed at seeing Luke that I was kind of like, I accepted it for the time being. So,
1: I have two pieces on this. All
0: right. Um. A...
1: This is not the first time we've heard Mark Hamill in Mandalorian. He was first heard in chapter five as Evie yeah. 99. Um, and second, the stand-in actor for Mark Hamill was actually Matthew Wood, who is a sound engineer mm-hmm. at Lucasfilm and is known for voicing General Grievous in yeah. Sith and Clone Wars. And played Bib Fortuna in Phantom Menace Unaccredited. So it was not just like, hey, uh, you're about the same height. You kind of look kind of like Mark Hamill in their prime in in their younger years. Hey, why don't you do this? It was like, all right, we need somebody on cast, somebody who will know honestly how important and how much meaning this holds to say, you got to play Luke Skywalker, basically. Um, yeah. Which I found the, I found it awesome that it was the guy who played voice General Grievous.
0: Yeah. I, I had a couple issues. Well, first I want to go back and point out a couple things. When he was wrecking the shop, mm-hmm. a few things that I did like that did look reminiscent of, of, uh, um, you know, his father, Darth Vader in Rogue One, is, you know, he takes the, uses the force and like, throws the the decapitated head of a dark trooper into another one, di- you know, disabling that. And it reminds me of, like, when he ripped the gun out of one of the soldiers and then threw it at the other, knocking him mm-hmm. out. And then I do, like, instead of, like, you know, Darth Vader, I held his fist out, force choked one guy and threw him. But I like how he held his hand out and then crushed him in, like, a tin can and then threw him against the wall.
1: Right. It was very reminiscent so, of some Clone Wars action sequences.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I liked, is it was like Luke, but it was like Luke doing prequel moves. <laughs> Just Luke being
1: awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I like the addition of Luke Skywalker, but the CGI, it falls well within the uncanny valley. Um, which, I found out the origin of that re- very recently, of like, humans don't like things that look like other humans that aren't humans. So yeah. I, we pick it up. I knew that that was not Mark Hamill, but my brain was going, that's yeah. Mark Hamill. And it's it, it it actually is like a fear response of your brain goes, I can't actually be seeing what I know I am seeing. Yeah. So therefore, you are in danger. You're hallucinating or something. Our primitive monkey well, even,
0: brain. Even if, well, even if it looks really good, even the, like some of the best ones. Your brain tells you it's fake, especially when it's a character that's younger, mm-hmm. who's now old, because your brain's like, no, they're old. Yeah.
1: The you better know? it looks, the worse your brain makes it. Um. So that's why I like yeah. things like what? Carrie Fisher in Rogue One, um, Peter yeah. Cushing as Grandma
0: Tarkin, and... Well, not only that, but you're taking something that's old and you're putting it in a modern day lighting style film... Mm-hmm. And not something that had, like, the original lighting and gray. Right? As, it, so we're seeing it new, but it's old, and it throws our brain for And as
1: somebody who does a ton of Photoshop, it is a nightmare and a half to try and fix lighting differences, like you said, from, like, early
0: mm-hmm. 70s to 2020. Lighting has changed yeah. just a tad. Um, so, now, with that said, I... Knowing how tough it is, I am going to critique this here because they did uh, a younger, DH version of Mark Hamill in The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And it looked good. Okay. I don't, like, I, did, did you think it looked good in Rise of Skywalker? I thought I it I thought did. it looked okay. Again, uh, yeah. I, for some
1: reason, like, I really get bothered by Uncanny Valley. Like, I can say it looked yes. good, but I do not yeah. like it. Um, so the better, again, the better it looks, the worse it
0: is. I'll say it looked better in Rise of Skywalker. Granted, it was in a darker setting, but I could still tell they used a different type model. Like it, it looked like it was 3D. The lighting was in that, in that area. So it blended in versus this. I got the vibe that, you know, like when you watch those deep fake videos on YouTube, Mm -hmm. it looks like they were like, Hey, we're out of time. Um, hey, let's get a deep fake program and just run it through that. Yeah, I, I can
1: understand that. And I, I can't disagree. It, r- it definitely looked just, like, a little bit too janky. But let me be very clear. That is in no way on anybody's head. Because, like, again, 70s lighting to modern yeah. lighting to everything like yeah, that. Like, it looked good. But Uncanny Valley,
0: our brain goes, yeah, no, pass. Thank you. I'm good. Um, well, for, like, I like when you pause it when you pause it right Mm -hmm. and i have a 4k tv like it looks good paused but when you watch it in motion uh,
1: that's also has a lot to do with computers have a really hard time um, mimicking the way our face folds and shadows in real time yeah it really really struggles because let's be honest our faces when we talk make a lot of movement. Your cheeks your yeah. high cheeks move, your mid cheeks move, your 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 chin your your cheeks Lots on your chin second. move, your your chin moves, your lips. They attenuate, they yeah. have wrinkles, and computers just go, I don't know, man, I give up. Like pff, sure, throw some
0: shadows here, I guess. Computers Well I think the lip I think the lip movements are off and I've seen better lip movement in CGI mm-hmm. facial facials. And I wish they'd spent a little bit more time on that. And then, like I said, with the lighting, it almost feels like how they did the deepfake is if you go back, I can find the scene because the lighting looks exactly like the scene. And I remember, I know I'm a dork where I remember, oh, that's the lighting from this scene. But in Return of the Jedi, when he's talking to his father, when he turns himself in, Mm -hmm. like it's that lighting and that setting, his face is the same. And it doesn't match quite Like the lighting around him, it almost looks like you know they cut his face out from that scene, and put it on top of the actors, and then like had it like mimic his lips and didn't do much else.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, no, that's kind of understanding how they do it. Yeah, it's kind of like basically like super advanced rotoscoping, but yeah, kind of basically. Um, But again, let's move on from the. It was not quite natural. Um, was good looking, but. Uncanny Valley.
0: I will. I I will say for the short time that we got it, like it's it's past. Oh yeah. But like you know how they went back and fixed the uh, the cameraman guy that was kind of sticking out. Jeans man. <laughs> the jeans man. Like I may, I wonder though if there was some time constraints because it's such a heavy induced you know thing as far as you know time goes, and you know with COVID, you never know what set back some of the digital stuff i feel like
1: principal shooting was done a while ago before covid lockdown
0: digital it does but i'm talking about like the special effects afterwards.
1: i would honestly i would almost pay for a documentary on anime on uh, about animation studios and how they dealt with covid because i mean let's face it like they have we'll get that a bunch of digital effects i mean uh, let's be honest if disney sent me home was like yeah just do digital effects in your computer i'd go uh yeah my computer will
0: will will not survive um well that's what i'm saying is like so it makes like it makes me wonder that's why i kind of give them a pass well it's COVID, but i wonder if maybe in the next few months you know Mm -hmm. we'll go back and watch that episode (laughs) and they've changed it (laughs) And it looks a heck of a lot better. Hey, wait a minute! Luke did shoot first, <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like, where the CGI excuse me blends a lot better.
1: Yeah, no, I'm sure that would make. Um. Sense. So Luke Skywalker also said something that I think definitely can be used to apply to the mm-hmm. sequel series: is talent without training is nothing. Um, I don't know. Well, about that. why I say that is like all of the characters, specifically like Rey and well, mostly just Rey, um, has raw yeah. natural talent that far surpasses in Force Awakens specifically. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Far surpasses. But, and it, we don't really know how much actual training she got with Luke either. Because yeah. up until that point, Luke was not super into training her. So I can't imagine it was the most attentive training. But, yeah, because he mentions, like, raw power that's... Yeah. Right, so it's, like, one of those, like... It, it really is interesting to see, like... He is saying it now, of like, talent without training is nothing. And later on, he refuses mm-hmm. to train Rey, Um Which is really yeah.
0: fascinating to me. Um, yeah. It it just kind of shows how dark of a place he ends up going. And honestly, like, this, knowing he's getting Grogu... And we'll discuss our predictions and thoughts later... But, like, seeing his hopeful, this hopeful guy going around collecting Jedi to start and then knowing what's going to happen, you're like, now I'm kind of like seeing, like, more so why he would feel that way, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, like, here's this BA guy cutting people down, like, saving the galaxy and helping raise orphan kids, like, and, you know, he's hopeful and he's, and, and what, it went, when he's, told to Din Djarin he goes I will protect this kid with my life I was like man you're killing me right <laughs> and then Mando Din takes off his helmet oh gosh this is the moment that like totally like wrecked me cause Grogu he picks up Grogu and he puts his little hand on his helmet and he coos and you just know that he's saying like I want to see your face yeah and it, it was and so man it was just it was that, just
1: really good like you could see like there was in a weird way like you could see tears welling up in grogu's eyes and mando looked like he was yeah. ready to cry and truthfully i was about ready to cry because it's like imagine oh, like yeah. in a way it's very much like how, how jedis in their in, in the um in their prime were they would come and get kids mm-hmm young kids Mm -hmm. and take them from their parents and i'm like man that can't be easy
0: like you know but it didn't or it'd be like being a foster parent you know you raise a kid for a certain time and you get attached to him and then he's got to move on to the next one yeah
1: and it was it was really good and it was just at the same time like really sad (laughs) um but i'm 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 a little disappointed in one thing
0: he didn't give grogu the shifter (laughs) knob See, this is where like little things like this happen, and then like throughout the episode, like little things, and I'm like, but that didn't pay off. But then I'll wait later, and it will. It's going to be in a at book at some point. Um, so I'll 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 come back later and say like how I think it could pay off because there's other things that that didn't quite pay off that kind of left, left open ended. So, I think that'll play into the next season. Yeah. Um. The the ball is along along with a couple other things. But I do want to point out another, like, I don't know if it's intentional or if it's something I'm noticing, but another kind of prequel reference is um he Grogu's like cooing and Dinjarin's like tearing up and he tells uh, Grogu like, Don't be afraid. And I was like, all right, what was the last parent parting that we saw where the parent told the kid do not be afraid? Anakin, yeah, and Shimmy Skywalker. His mom. She goes, "Don't be afraid. Don't look back."
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. It was so. really good, and that was the episode proper. Um.
0: Yeah. That was a, mm, oh my god. The music swells up. It gets emotional. And you're like, dang it, it's coming to an end. Um, and then we get and the post credit scene. Well, hold on. Let's not jump ahead. Let's jump oh, now, real quick. I want to point out. As if things could not get emotional enough, we
1: hear R two D 2s beat. Yeah, no, no, uh, you're you're absolutely right in pointing that out, and I also do have this. Uh, Ob- uh, not Obi one. Um, R two D two is now officially the only character to be in every Star Wars movie and series. True. Um, and I'm just like, man, that little droid. <laughs> <laughs> he he gets around. He has seen so much of the universe.
0: <laughs> but uh. And and that happens, and then Grogu and R2 have, like, a little moment together, and and Grogu's kind of, like, checking him out and cooing, and then R2's, like, rocking back and forth and whistling like he's excited. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. This is so Star Wars. And then they say their farewells, and I love how the music swells up, a hopeful thing. Luke picks up Grogu. They kind of walk off, and then they turn around, and it looks looks so much like a painting. I don't know if you thought of that. (laughs) Where it's, like, the wide shot with him turning around the elevator. He's holding... You know, Grogu, Grogu's looking back, you know, and then it cuts to uh, Pedro Pascal and he's tearing up and he's watching. The whole gang's watching and they're all happy. And then R2's there and then the elevator closes and then boom, that's it. And you're just like, oh my god! May the force be with you. (laughs) Yeah, may the force be with you. And I'm like, dang it, Lucasfilm. Why? What's this water coming down like? And
1: also, this is the only episode of The Mandalorian without um, concept art on its credits. Yeah, which is very different from like every other episode. So you're sitting there going, "Oh man!" Like it just makes you sit there looking at black te- or white text on a black background, going,
0: "It's like a it's like a somber thing." You're like, "The whole it's over." <laughs> but then it boosts your happiness back up to when you get to what they said is a post credit scene for their next show mm-hmm. that they're doing. And there, w- there was a rumor there was going to be a limited run Boba Fett TV show.
1: It, it, it but it so, wasn't announced. at uh, the Disney it announced, wasn't announced. So. It
0: was going to be like a three or four episode thing. Um, but then the cut boom right to the twin sons at dusk or dawn. I don't know. And it's uh, Jabba the Hutt's palace. Yeah. Right when that happens, I was like, oh snap! Because that, that's another thing that like happened, and you're like, okay, that's weird. Because Boba Fett dropped him off and then just peaced out. Right. And he was non-existent, which I was thinking if he was on the... If Boba Fett was on the bridge when Luke Skywalker showed up, that would have been a very awkward conversation that went down. Right.
1: <laughs> hey, look, so um, you tried to kidnap my friend. Oh, yeah.
0: And then I kicked you yeah. into the Sarlacc pit and left you there. Yeah. 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 But I will say, though, I am... Remember how I thought they were going to do this, and I'm happy they didn't because I didn't want them to. Remember, I thought they were gonna um, kill off Boba Fett some sacrificial way. Mm-hmm. I and I was like, don't do that, and I'm thankful that they didn't. Um, but anyways, so you get uh, was it Bib Fortuna, Bib Fortuna, all fat and sassy on Jabba's old throne, just ruin the, ruling the club, the speakeasy of Tatooine, and. Uh, your guards get shot and tumbles down in the same way that, like, Luke Skywalker came down and, like, strangled him. Well, you, for, uh, I, I
1: would like to point out, um, first and foremost, the shadow is very similar to yeah. how when Leo was uh, dressed as a bounty hunter and was coming
0: down the stairs. Yep, um, yep. that's yeah. what I meant to say. Not Luke, but her. Yeah. Um, Fennec comes down, and you're like, oh, snap. You're like, if Fennec's here, you know who else is here. <laughs> right. Sure enough, Boba comes down, you know got his spurs making the noise and then so bet was like oh boba you're alive <laughs> and then like i like how his theme song just swells up and then he just blasts him no questions asked just boom like right there rips him off his throne and sets down like i'm the captain now i am
1: i am the captain now look at me i am the captain now look at me
0: <laughs> and then it says the book of boba december 2021 december,
1: it'll be exciting I'm I'm ready for it. Um and yeah, I'm just December's going to be huge. <laughs> dude, I'm looking forward to this. Honestly, Star Wars has been killing it with announcements. Honestly, like there's oh. so many things to be looking forward to as a Star Wars fan. And this is something I've been thinking about cuz honestly, The Mandalorian has made me go back and want to go back and play some Star Wars games, and I did. Uh, oh, as of recording, I spent yesterday for almost 13 hours straight playing a star wars game
0: um and it makes you want to go back and watch the old movies and kind of go back and kind of see how it all connects yeah. um but even beyond that it
1: may be really stop and think about the star wars fandom as a whole um yeah. but i want to finish talking about this before i go on my whole speech so yeah. so I, I want to wrap up what we have to say about this particular episode I don't know All if right. you have anything else. I don't, personally. We we talked a lot oh. about it.
0: Oh, I was just going to say that uh, since this Boba Fett series is reportedly a limited series, I have a feeling, because it's announced Mandalorian Season 3 is going to air Christmas Day. So, my guess is, this show is probably going to air December 1st. And go, you know, a few weeks up until Christmas Day, and then boom, we get Mando. And even I think they might even have the Mandalorian in this one, like briefly, because, you know, Mandal- uh, Mando doesn't have a ship. Yeah. He was riding around on the Slave One. They were still on that bridge, you know. Nobody said their farewell. So I wonder if it'll like be like, okay, farewell, drop you off somewhere. And then they leave and then it's Boba Fett's story. And then when we cut to Mandalorian, it'll be a continuation where it's like, here's how we get to ship, you know. And I didn't know if you want to discuss into our predictions of, like, what we think is going to happen going forward for the Mandalorian season Um, uh,
1: Honestly,
0: I think they're going to rebuild Mandalore, but I think there's
1: yeah. so much time till the next season um, that we have not gotten any, a lot of news. We haven't really got any actors confirmed. Yeah. I think right now any kind of guesses would just be wild shots in the dark. Um, yeah. like rebuilding mandalore uh that makes a yeah it's a really good thread because right now he din
0: Djarin, is just kind of now a free agent again um well he's kind of in debt too because remember Bo-Katan's like i'll help you if you help me restore mandalore right so there could
1: be that um or he could honestly maybe go work and s- see about saving other children
0: yeah uh, um for I, Luke. I would i wouldn't be surprised if we'd do that because he goes, I'll see you around, you know, I I promise I'll see you. So, um, and not only that, but I'm thinking Grogu is Disney, Grogu, the relationship between Grogu and Din Djarin is the show. Oh, 100%. Right? It would be so weird if they have the next, not that I would, like, not like it and refuse to watch it or anything, but... It would be so weird to like watch the season and just like no mention of him, no seeing him. I mean, they didn't spend how much money on that freaking puppet. <laughs> yeah. And all of this merchandise yeah. and get all these kids excited to only have Grogu for two seasons and that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But on the other side of that, you gotta stop playing the same card over and over and over.
0: Oh, I know. But like season two, you have to admit, has done a better job doing it where it wasn't like every episode Grogu's doing something completely cute. They even had an episode without him. Um or uh, an episode where he's in it very little. Yeah. But like you said like it would be cool if like Din has like a connection with like Luke and then you know brings more kids or just has visitation rights on the Jedi Temple and visits Grogu. Grogu. They say Goku <laughs> you might have, but I mean at this point yeah. it's not terribly wrong. And the reason being is cuz you have to have grogu survive because we all know and i'm going to correct myself before the pe- fans criticize me before i'm you know say that ben destroyed the jedi temple he didn't in the comics he turned and then it was like the knights of ren and some other yep. people that like ransacked he, it. i don't think that he tried i don't think that them. ben
1: actually killed anybody
0: no he actually tried to stop them um kind of but you know it's hard to explain without spoiling it You can go check it out But still, it's that mindset of Some Jedi were killed Some were taken Some probably ran away And it's kind of like, well, it's hard to be hopeful about that ending If we know Grogu's gonna be killed off Like, And I doubt they're gonna do that Because why would they have One Jedi escape The first Skywalker massacre To be then just killed off By a second Skywalker massacre Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree um, it'll so be interesting I kind of wonder it'd be kind of neat I wonder if it'll all end some cinematic huge ending where one of the final scenes of whenever the series is done is Den feels it in the force that Grogu's in danger goes to the temple right when it's being ransacked maybe fights a couple 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 uh, knights of Ren and then rescues Grogu I'd be down for that honestly I would then they zip I off. would
1: love to see the fall of the Jedi temple I'm just saying
0: yeah And that would be a way of connecting that and seeing that. And then maybe, you know, who knows? It could fast forward and then we see Rey in front of a slightly older Grogu and Grogu is telling Rey the story of how he came to be. Yeah. And then it connects that and then Grogu is then a part of of the new Jedi Temple in which now if they decide to come back later and, and do it where the characters were older... Oh, you got your boy Grogu, he's back. He's the new Yoda. He's like,
1: look, no skywalkers this time, please.
0: <laughs> but like, you know, like then you then you, fe- you future proof yourself because you have that Yoda character.
1: Yeah. You you have a pocket, Ace. I agree.
0: And you and you've you've already got his backstory and how it shows how his backstory kind of connects with everything else. I think that would be brilliant marketing, honestly. 100 percent agree with you there. I also think real quick with prediction. Uh, He he scanned his face, right? So, the Empire's got that. My guess is they're going to display that on wanted posters everywhere. And then his clan is going to be mad because, you know, he can't take his mask off. They're going to be mad that he did. And I think they're going to come into it as part of the villains of the next season as well.
1: Yeah, I can see it.
0: Personal opinion. I can see it. Yeah. So... But anyways, those are my thoughts of where I think it's going, but a lot can happen. I think they're going to hold off a lot until Star Wars celebration this coming year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a big year. where We're going to see a lot of trailers for amazing content. Agreed. So. Um, but do you have any final thoughts? No, no really. I think
1: we, we I think we covered a lot of it. Um, so I'm yeah. I'm good with it. Um, yeah. So let me go on my spiel here. Um, right. So, not even James knows what I'm saying, so I'm going off the rails on this one. Uh, think on your toes, James. Think on your toes. Um, so, uh, looking at Twitter, and you mentioned how people were hating it, and, you know, that people, some people didn't like it, and some people really liked it. Um, imagine yeah. Star Wars polarizing. Who would have thunk? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted and it made me thinking while I was playing Star Wars, of like, the only people that Star Wars fans hate more than non-Star Wars fans is Star Wars fans. Um, and, and it's the same for, like, the only people who hate Star Wars... The mo- the people who hate Star Wars the most is Star Wars fans. Um, which really yeah. bothers me as a whole. I, I mean, it, does. It, it it's a... It, I know that I, I am a vo- very vocal of maybe the sequel series is not my favorite. However, that being said, and this is something I was talking to James earlier about. However, it is one of my favorites because honestly it brings people together i had not really seen james in forever since we were in college and he graduated and left um and we decided hey force awakens let's get us some tickets let's go see it opening night and just have fun relax maybe do a little bit of uh, filming um for movies and things like that and it since then it's been a yearly thing so, while the yeah. sequel series may not be my favorite, and I will raz you and we will talk at length about what they could have done differently, and we do have yeah. different opinions, uh, I think that there is room to say, look, it brings people together. Like, you were talking yeah. about how your mom is the original OG. Um, she was yeah. all about the original series, and maybe not so much about the prequel series. But look at this. Mandalorian was something you could sit down with your mom and a younger sibling. It's, yeah. it's something that brings people together. And when all you yeah. do is go on Twitter and say, it's stupid and I hate it, and you just start tearing at anybody who does like it, maybe just stop. Maybe just stop and look at yourself and go, are you who you think you should be? Are you being yeah. who Obi-Wan Kenobi knows that you can be? Because I got to be honest, tearing down people on Twitter, sending death threats to people and saying some truly violent, racist stuff to people that you don't think their character was good. Maybe just stop. Maybe just stop and go, what is wrong that I feel the need to do this?
0: Because I think people, certain sectors can be so obsessed and allow it to consume their life so much that they feel like they can take ownership of that character mm-hmm. and make it who they want it to be or who they've envisioned it as, like, an 8-year-old kid. Like, this is how I viewed the ki- character as an 8-year-old kid, and if it's not like that, then, you know, childhood ruined. And, and it was something that... I, and I... Go ahead. What's that? I was going to say, I
1: think it's something that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard said in the making of... It's not about what we think of Star Wars. It's about the show as a whole. Like, the directors went in there without a sense of, this is the story I want to tell. It was more of, this is the story that Star Wars wants to tell. That we as a group go, I think this is a good direction for Star Wars. And I I may not 100% be a fan of the sequels, you know what? Yeah. They're 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 not terrible films. I've certainly seen much worse films, and to tear down yeah. people who do like it really only cuts you off from social
0: connections. Yeah. Like, and I, I I think we look at it in a balanced view of like, you know, we just want to be entertained. We want to be taken to that galaxy far far away, and you know we ha- we have we have our expectations in our mind of like what we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. But we're also open-minded to, like, let's just let the story take us where we want it, want it to take us. Yeah. And I, it's like the old days, like, where you didn't really, you, the only time you saw a trailer for a movie was when you went in the movie theater and you saw a 60-second trailer for it, you yeah. know, or a three-minute trailer for it, and that was it. So you went into a movie, generally, with zero expectations, right? And you went in, and you're like, I'm going to let this movie tell me the story whether it wants out and that's the point a story's supposed to make us feel sad and mad and have these ups and downs it's supposed to challenge us yeah and i think audiences nowadays have been kind of dumbed down where they have the cook- we have like a lot of modern movies have the cookie cutter you know plot synopsis setup you know where it's trained to make the audience go oh i think i know what's going to happen this is going to happen and then they feel smart when it happens right yeah so when you put a chink in it and you have good storytellers tell something different right and flip it on its head it unsettles people because then they're like I don't feel smart because I didn't catch it therefore it's not good and that's how I felt with this season there's things that they've definitely done that I would have not done there's things they've done that I've disagreed with but I let the directors tell the story and honestly the way it's executed has been done in such a way where I can accept it and move on with my life yeah
1: and I, I think that and here's the thing ultimately if you want to tell a story or you think you can do a better job Honestly, write fan fiction. Just do it. Write, write yeah. you some fan fiction. Write you a brand
0: new property. Like uh, it. And I will say though, it, I I will say this: don't write fan fiction because there's a lot of it out there that's bad and oversaturated. Uh, no. write your own original story. I, I'm write your own original story that can change a culture and a generation and then get back, and then you'll have the right to complain. So, well,
1: back. I actually do... I, I, I actually do recommend writing fanfiction. Like, I get it. Like, we all love working in the in the universe that's been built. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, who doesn't imagine themselves as a self-insert character in Star Wars?
0: Well, I mean, write, write fanfiction to kind of, like... Write good fanfiction. Gain some experience in writing and pick something, but, like, craft your own thing.
1: Right. Um. And, and I think that's, that's ultimately, like... And just remember... Like, maybe the movie isn't for you, but also remember that... Yeah. Imagine if somebody was insulting your favorite thing, and just picture... Like, there are a lot of kids who enjoy these movies. Um, Like, like, you know, like, children. And it's like, just because children enjoy it doesn't mean it's not for adults. Just because adults enjoy it doesn't mean it's for children. And children are getting more savvy, and when they see someone just dumping on a movie that they don't like man can you imagine what it must be like to destroy the joy of a child who is like i want to talk to other people who love this thing too like i remember in the 90s the early days of the internet and being able to go online and talk to people about my my favorite thing or or I, i didn't personally do that but i knew a bunch of stories like old red versus blue days where people jumped online and talked about it. and Was like, man, I love it. Now, can you imagine being the guy who comes in there and goes, ah, it sucks. Blah blah blah. It's like, wow, how must it? What must your life have been like to go in and destroy the love of something because you didn't like it? Honestly, yeah. if you don't like it, that's fine. You can
0: state that you, without destroying. You get all these people. You get all these people gatekeeping, and then they're like that's not my Luke, that's not my Boba Fett, that's not my Han Solo, and then here you have a little child who watched their first, that might be their first Star Wars movie, who loves it, and it is their gateway to enjoying the rest. Yeah. Like, how dare I sit there and go, oh, that's not mine, no, let me- I have news for you, Luke Skywalker is not yours, Boba Fett's not yours, Star Wars is not yours, it's everybody's.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, I don't want to say, like, t- saying, hey, I don't like it is bad, but- I think there's a way of saying, st- yeah. James and us have had this conversation, of like, yeah, I'm yeah. not crazy about the new sequels, but I'm not going to sit here and every time James brings it up, go, right. it sucks, I hate it, and I think I hate you for liking it. Um There's a way of saying, yeah, it, it's not my favorite, and I would make some tweaks and hear some ideas, but ultimately, at the end of the day, five. Th- so la- this la- latest episode launched five-year anniversary of Force Awakens. that brought me, my brother, and James back together to hanging out like a yearly thing. So in the end, maybe Star Wars isn't the most important thing. But honestly, it helped strengthen and solidify a social bond. So yeah, yeah, go in. It's like like watching Fast and Furious. Are they great movies? Certainly not. But man, if you're able to bond with someone over that... Those import those movies become the most important thing so just I just wanted to speak my mind about that because I kept thinking about like man people on Twitter just love to just dump all over things that are good or bad and they yeah. don't do it in a productive way they just I hate I hate I hate and it's like well who are you channeling right now like yeah. are you being on the no, light like, side honestly, or the dark side of this one
0: that's like that's like ninety percent of Twitter. Yeah, like I'm afraid. Like it's pretty bad when you're afraid to say you like something. <laughs>
1: guys, I love this. You're wrong, and you should you should be feel bad. And you're like, I just wanted to yeah. say I, I love my mom. Um. But yeah, that was my that was my giant speech of like, guys, let's be awesome. Like we're getting some new product this new some new series this year. Let's try not to be raging jerks to everyone who happens to enjoy something that maybe we don't enjoy as much
0: and just go you know what i'm glad you enjoy something i'm and here's the thing they're making they're making so much content that not of all of it's going to be geared towards us it's going to be geared towards different audiences yeah. so we don't have to like all of it
1: yeah like i know last week i said yeah maybe i'm not into lando series i'll watch it but i'm not going to sit there and go oh my god it's going to be terrible and awful and blah 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 no, I'll enjoy it. Truth be told, I I enjoy most of Star Wars. Like, like, I, like I said, we'll watch anything that Star Wars put out. Star Wars could release, like, De- Derek. What w- What is that like to be so easy going, where you don't let things bother you? Uh, it's called I have depression about everything else. Um, <laughs> no, but or is it called? Do you know how to live? Honestly, it's something that I've just been working on a lot and. Uh, this is going to segue into the plug section, I guess. Um, it's something I, I talked recently talked about on the podcast, Iron, about like, dude, just let things go, like earthly attachments, man. Yeah. Like, like you can love something and you can you can appreciate it, but realize, guys, Star Wars at the end of the day, it's just a movie. It's just a book. The most important things are the friends we made along the road, and that sounds really yeah. really dumb, but honestly. It's It's true. true. Like, how many friends do people make by meeting on Twitter or by meeting in person and going, oh my god, you love this movie too? Or, dude, that's a dope shirt! Or, dude, that's a dope set of armor you made. Look at all the people in the conventions who go and do cosplay, or they joined the 501st and do a bunch of charity. No matter what you think about movies and stuff like that, it's brought people together And that's the most important part. Not a two-hour movie about a farm boy who goes and meets a space wizard and upsets an entire sociological, economic chain. It's about the friends we made along the way. The ability to to enjoy something and the stories it told to us and how it
0: changed who we are. And... and that like it's corny but you just you, you hit it on the head Is like it's it's the friends you make along the way it's it's like life right in the moment you're like oh this stinks i'm going through this rough patch it makes no sense you know this is a rough time mm-hmm. like in college right and you're in college you're like oh you know i have this exam i gotta study for oh i got this you know, I got to go to work in the morning and and then I got to go to class or, oh, there's this cute girl I like. Is she, is she going to say yes I ask her out? And it's like, in the moment, you're like, oh, this is such a stressful time. And then you're like, I feel miserable. And then when you get older and after it passes, you look back and you're like, you know what? Those are great times. These are the friends I made that helped me get through these situations that I thought were very terrible, but really weren't that bad. Yeah.
1: Honestly, like, so. and it's, it's frustrating, but I just wanted to say, like, it's about the friends you made along the way, and I guess the final wrap up bit that I am going to say is, dude, thanks for inviting me for this podcast. I think my words when you were like, "Hey, do you want to do a Mando podcast?" I mean, we talked about doing collaboration podcasts before and stuff. Man, you were like, "Hey, you want to do a po- you want a guest on a Mando podcast?" And um, I believe my words were, "Hell yeah!" Um, you know, so thank you for inviting me along this journey, man. It's been really fun nerding out one you know once a week and well twice a week watching Mando and then chatting about Mando. So I mean. The friends you made along the way, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want really want to say, dude, thanks, thanks for inviting me. And
0: which you know, which leads into the segue announcement. song's gonna announce something out of the blue. We're gonna announce something out of the blue. We will be seeing everybody <laughs> next December when this transitions into a Star Wars podcast. Derek
1: will return in.
0: <laughs> Derek will return along with a star-studded Avengers cast that I'm assembling. That is top secret. <laughs> And it's going to be called Fellowship of the Galaxy. Please be Gina Carano like and Getty Sacco. Sacco.
1: Please be Gina Carano and Getty Sacco. Dear Santa, dear Satan and please. Santana, please. Oh jeez. <laughs>
0: but um yeah. Fellowship of the Galaxy. It's a it's the friends we made along the way. It's corny, but it's gonna be Can fun. that be the
1: unofficial subtitle? <laughs> The Fellowship of the Galaxy yeah. and the friends we made along the way. <laughs> that would be a funny. Star Wars podcast, in association with, and presented by. <laughs> Can I make a joke poster? Like it's just just a huge wall of
0: text. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But
1: I, I'm am excited so. for it, dude. So,
0: yeah, it'll be fun. Uh there's a huge gap in time, but you know, we'll update people. We're still working on logo, cast, and who's all gonna be our hosts. And and I'm sure it'll change once we get more information of what's releasing all this year and next year. Uh, yeah. But that's roughly roughly what's going on. All right. Until next year. Until next year. Well, I mean, you'll see us on the film slate and you'll you'll see Derek on uh gaming and chill. Mm-hmm. And and on my Twitch. Gotta go check him out. He's got some good gaming philosophical talks over there. uh, We we recently
1: just covered um, Avatar, uh, Last Airbender, specifically the chakras that Guru Patink helps him uh, unlock and how they can be used in our current 2020 Rona nature. So check it out. Just released today.
0: All right. I have spoken. And that is it for the show. You can help us out by please subscribing to the Film Slate. Or to the Gaming and Chill podcast um, on your favorite podcasting service. And tell everyone you know. If you'd like to get in touch, just hit us up on social media. Thanks for living. Living. Living too. Yeah, thanks for living. But also thanks for listening. And we'll catch you here next week. This is The Way.